0: Part 3 of Areopagitica by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. There is yet behind of what I purposed to lay open the incredible loss and detriment that this plot of licensing puts us to. More than if some enemy at sea should stop up all our havens and ports and creeks, it hinders and retards the importation of our richest merchandise, truth nay it was first established and put in practice by anti-christian malice and mystery on set purpose to extinguish if it were possible the light of reformation and to settle falsehood little differing from that policy wherewith the turk upholds his al by the prohibition of printing tis not denied but gladly confessed we are to send our thanks and vows to heaven louder than most of nations for that great measure of truth which we enjoy, especially in those main points between us and the Pope, with his appurtenances, the prelates. But he who thinks we are to pitch our tent here, and have attained the utmost prospect of reformation that the mortal glass wherein we contemplate can show us, till we come to beatific vision, that man, by this very opinion, declares that he is yet far short of truth. Truth, indeed, came once into the world with her divine master, and was a perfect shape, most glorious to look on. But when he ascended and his apostles after him were laid asleep, then straight arose a wicked race of deceivers, who, as that story goes of the Egyptian Typhon, with his conspirators how they dealt with the good Osiris, took the virgin truth hewed her lovely form into a thousand pieces and scattered them to the four winds. From that time ever since the sad friends of truth, such as durst appear, imitating the careful search that Isis made for the mangled body of Osiris, went up and down, gathering up limb by limb, still as they could find them. We have not yet found them all, lords and commons, nor ever shall do till her master's second coming. He shall bring together every joint and member, and shall mold them into an immortal feature of loveliness and perfection. Suffer not these licensing prohibitions to stand at every place of opportunity, forbidding and disturbing them that continue seeking, that continue to do our obsequies to the torn body of our martyred saint? We boast our light, but if we look not wisely on the sun itself it smites us into darkness who can discern those planets that are oft combust and those stars of brightest magnitude that rise and set with the sun until the opposite motion of their orbs bring them to such a place in the firmament where they may be seen evening or morning the light which we have gained was given us not to be ever staring on but by it to discover onward things more remote from our knowledge. It is not the unfrocking of a priest, the unmitring of a bishop, and the removing him from off the Presbyterian shoulders that will make us a happy nation. No, if other things as great in the church and in the rule of life, both economical and political, be not looked into and reformed, we have looked so long upon the blaze that Zwinglius and Calvin hath beaconed up to us, that we are stark blind. There be who perpetually complain of schisms and sects, and make it such a calamity that any man dissents from their maxims. Tis their own pride and ignorance which causes the disturbing, who neither will hear with meekness nor can convince. Yet all must be suppressed which is not found in their syntagma. They are the troublers, They are the dividers of unity, who neglect and permit not others to unite those dissevered pieces which are yet wanting to the body of truth, to be still searching what we know not by what we know, still closing up truth to truth as we find it, for all her body is homogeneal and proportional. This is the golden rule in theology, as well as in arithmetic, and makes up the best harmony in a church not the forced and outward union of cold and neutral and inwardly divided minds. Lords and commons of England, consider what nation it is whereof ye are, and whereof ye are the governors. A nation not slow and dull, but of a quick, ingenious, and piercing spirit, acute to invent, subtle and sinewy to discourse, not beneath the reach of any point, the highest, that human capacity can soar to. Therefore, the studies of learning in her deepest sciences have been so ancient and so eminent among us that writers of good antiquity and ablest judgment have been persuaded that even the school of Pythagoras and the Persian wisdom took beginning from the old philosophy of this island. And that wise and civil Roman Julius Agricola who governed once here for Caesar, preferred the natural wits of Britain before the labored studies of the French. Nor is it for nothing that the grave and frugal Transylvanian sends out yearly, from as far as the mountainous borders of Russia and beyond the Hercynian wilderness, not their youth, but their staid men, to learn our language and our theological arts. Yet that which is above all this, the favor and the love of heaven, we have great argument to think in a peculiar manner propitious and propending towards us. Why else was this nation chosen before any other, that out of her, as out of Zion, should be proclaimed and sounded forth the first tidings and trumpet of reformation to all Europe? And had it not been the obstinate perverseness of our prelates against the divine and admirable spirit of Wycliffe, To suppress him as a schismatic and innovator, perhaps neither the Bohemian Huss and Jerome, no nor the name of Luther or of Calvin, had been ever known. The glory of reforming all our neighbors had been completely ours. But now, as our obdurate clergy have with violence demeaned the matter, we are become hitherto the latest and the backwardest scholars, of whom god offered to have made us the teachers now once again by all concurrence of signs and by the general instinct of holy and devout men as they daily and solemnly express their thoughts god is decreeing to begin some new and great period in his church even to the reforming of reformation itself what does he then but reveal himself to his servants and as his manner is first to his englishman i say as his manner is first to us though we mark not the method of his counsels and are unworthy behold now this vast city a city of refuge the mansion house of liberty encompassed and surrounded with his protection the shop of war Hath not there more anvils and hammers waking to fashion out the plates and instruments of armed justice in defense of beleaguered truth, than there be pens and heads there, sitting by their studious lamps, musing, searching, revolving new notions and ideas wherewith to present, as with their homage and their fealty, the approaching reformation? Others as fast reading, trying all things assenting to the force of reason and convincement. What could a man require more from a nation so pliant and so prone to seek after knowledge? What wants there to such a towardly and pregnant soil but wise and faithful laborers to make a knowing people, a nation of prophets, of sages and of worthies? We reckon more than five months yet to harvest. There need not be five weeks, had we but eyes to lift up. The fields are white already. Where there is much desire to learn, there of necessity will be much arguing, much writing, many opinions, for opinion in good men is but knowledge in the making. Under these fantastic terrors of sect and schism, We wrong the earnest and zealous thirst after knowledge and understanding which God hath stirred up in this city. What some lament of we rather should rejoice at, should rather praise this pious forwardness among men to reassume the ill-deputed care of their religion into their own hands again. A little generous prudence, a little forbearance of one another, and some grain of charity might win all these diligences to join and unite into one general and brotherly search after truth. Could we but forgo this prelatical tradition of crowding free consciences and Christian liberties into canons and precepts of men? I doubt not if some great and worthy stranger should come among us, wise to discern the mould and temper of a people and how to govern it, observing the high hopes and aims, the diligent alacrity of our extended thoughts and reasonings in the pursuance of truth and freedom, but that he would cry out as Pyrrhus did, admiring the Roman docility and courage, if such were my appearance, I would not despair the greatest design that could be attempted to make a church or kingdom happy. Yet these are the men cried out against for schismatics and sectaries, as if. While the temple of the Lord was building, some cutting, some squaring the marble, others hewing the cedars, there should be a sort of irrational men who could not consider there must be many schisms and many dissections made in the quarry and in the timber ere the house of God can be built. And when every stone is laid artfully together, it cannot be united into a continuity. It can but be contiguous in this world. Neither can every piece of the building be of one form. Nay, rather the perfection consists in this, that out of many moderate varieties and brotherly dissimilitudes that are not vastly disproportional, arises the goodly and the graceful symmetry that commends the whole pile and structure. Let us, therefore, be more considerate builders, more wise in spiritual architecture, when great reformation is expected. For now the time seems come wherein Moses, the great prophet, may sit in heaven rejoicing to see that memorable and glorious wish of his fulfilled, when not only our seventy elders, but all the Lord's people are become prophets. No marvel then, though some men, and some good men too perhaps, but young in goodness, as Joshua then was, envy them. They fret, and out of their own weakness are in agony, lest these divisions and subdivisions will undo us. The adversary again applauds and waits the hour. When they have branched themselves out, saith he, small enough into parties and partitions, then will be our time. Fool, he sees not the firm root out of which we all grow, though into branches, nor will beware until he see our small divided maniples cutting through at every angle of his ill-united and unwieldy brigade, and that we are to hope better of all these supposed sects and schisms and that we shall not need that solicitude, honest perhaps, though over-timorous, of them that vex in this behalf, but shall laugh in the end at those malicious applauders of our differences, I have these reasons to persuade me. First, when a city shall be, as it were, besieged and blocked about, her navigable river infested, inroads and incursions round, defiance and battle oft rumoured to be marching up even to her walls and suburb trenches, that then the people, or the greater part, more than at other times, wholly taken up with the study of highest and most important matters to be reformed, should be disputing, reasoning, reading, inventing, discoursing, even to a rarity and admiration, things not before discoursed or written of, argues first a singular goodwill, contentedness, and confidence in your prudent foresight and safe government, lords and commons, and from thence derives itself to a gallant bravery and well-grounded contempt of their enemies, as if there were no small number of as great spirits among us as his was who, when Rome was nigh besieged by Hannibal, being in the city, bought that piece of ground, at no cheap rate, whereon Hannibal himself encamped his own regiment. Next, it is a lively and cheerful presage of our happy success and victory. For as in a body, when the blood is fresh, the spirits pure and vigorous, not only to vital but to rational faculties, and those in the acutest and the pertest operations of wit and subtlety, it argues in what good plight and constitution the body is, so, when the cheerfulness of the people is so sprightly up as that it has not only wherewith to guard well its own freedom and safety, but to spare, and to bestow upon the solidest and sublimest points of controversy a new invention, it betokens us not degenerated, nor drooping to a fatal decay, but casting off the old and wrinkled skin of corruption to outlive these pangs and wax young again entering the glorious ways of truth and prosperous virtue, destined to become great and honorable in these latter ages. Methinks I see in my mind a noble and puissant nation, rousing herself like a strong man after sleep, and shaking her invincible locks. Methinks I see her as an eagle, mewing her mighty youth, and kindling her undazzled eyes at the full midday beam, purging and unscaling her long-abused sight at the fountain itself of heavenly radiance, by the whole noise of timorous and flocking birds, with those also that love the twilight, flutter about, amazed at what she means, and in their envious gabble would prognosticate a year of sects and schisms. What should you do, then? Should ye suppress all this flowery crop of knowledge and new light sprung up, and yet springing daily in this city? Should ye set an oligarchy of twenty engrossers over it, to bring a famine upon our minds again, when we shall know nothing but what is measured to us by their bushel? Believe it, lords and commons, they who counsel ye to such a suppressing do as good as bid ye suppress yourselves." and I will soon show how. If it be desired to know the immediate cause of all this free writing and free speaking, there cannot be assigned a truer than your own mild and free and humane government. It is the liberty, lords and commons, which your own valorous and happy councils have purchased us, liberty which is the nurse of all great wits. This is that which hath rarefied and enlightened our spirits, like the influence of heaven. This is that which hath enfranchised, enlarged, and lifted up our apprehensions degrees above themselves. Ye cannot make us now less capable, less knowing, less eagerly pursuing of the truth, unless ye first make yourselves, that made us so, less the lovers, less the founders of our true liberty." We can grow ignorant again, brutish, formal, and slavish, as ye found us. But you, then, must first become that which ye cannot be, oppressive, arbitrary, and tyrannous, as they were from whom ye have freed us. That our hearts are now more capacious, our thoughts more erected to the search and expectation of greatest and exactest things, is the issue of your own virtue propagated in us. Ye cannot suppress that, unless ye reinforce an abrogated and merciless law, that fathers may dispatch at will their own children. And who shall then stick closest to ye and excite others? Not he who takes up arms for and conduct, and his four nobles of Dangelt. Although I dispraise not the defence of just immunities, Yet love my peace better, if that were all. Give me the liberty to know, to utter, and to argue freely according to conscience, above all liberties. What would be best advised, then, if it be found so hurtful and so unequal to suppress opinions for the newness or the unsuitableness to a customary acceptance, will not be my task to say. I only shall repeat what I have learnt from one of your own honourable number, a right noble and pious lord, who, had he not sacrificed his life and fortunes to the church and commonwealth, we had not now missed and bewailed a worthy and undoubted patron of this argument. Ye know him, I am sure, yet I, for honour's sake, and may it be eternal to him, shall name him the Lord Brooke. He, writing of episcopacy, and by the way treating of sects and schisms, left ye his vote, or rather now the last words of his dying charge, which I know will ever be of dear and honored regard with ye, so full of meekness and breathing charity that next to his last testament who bequeathed love and peace to his disciples, I cannot call to mind where I have read or heard words more mild and peaceful. He there exhorts us, to hear with patience and humility those, however they be miscalled, that desire to live purely in such a use of God's ordinances as the best guidance of their conscience gives them, and to tolerate them, though in some disconformity, to ourselves. The book itself will tell us more at large, being published to the world and dedicated to the Parliament by him who, both for his life and for his death, deserves that what advice he left be not laid by without perusal. And now the time in special is by privilege to write and speak what may help to the further discussing of matters in agitation. The temple of Janus, with his two controversial faces, might now not unsignificantly be set open. And though all the winds of doctrine were let loose to play upon the earth, so truth be in the field, we do injuriously by licensing and prohibiting to misdoubt her strength. Let her and falsehood grapple. Whoever knew truth put to the worse in a free and open encounter, her confuting is the best and surest suppressing. He who hears what praying there is for light and clearer knowledge to be sent down among us would think of other matters to be constituted beyond the discipline of Geneva Framed and fabricated already to our hands. Yet when the new light which we beg for shines in upon us, There be who envy and oppose, If it come not first in at their casements. What a collusion is this, When as we are exhorted by the wise man to use diligence, To seek for wisdom as for hidden treasures, early and late, That another order shall enjoin us to know nothing but by statute. When a man hath been laboring the hardest labor In the deep mines of knowledge, Hath furnished out his findings in all their equipage, Drawn forth his reasons, as it were a battle ranged, Scattered and defeated all objections in his way, Calls out his adversary into the plain, Offers him the advantage of wind and sun if he please, Only that he may try the matter by dint of argument, For his opponents then to skulk, to lay ambushments, to keep a narrow bridge of licensing where the challenger should pass, though it be valor enough in soldiership, is but weakness and cowardice in the wars of truth. For who knows not that truth is strong next to the Almighty? She needs no policies, nor stratagems, nor licensings to make her victorious. Those are the shifts and the defenses that error uses against her power, Give her but room, and do not bind her when she sleeps, for then she speaks not true, as the old Proteus did, who spake oracles only when he was caught and bound. But then, rather, she turns herself into all shapes except her own, and perhaps tunes her voice according to the time, as Micaiah did before Ahab, until she be adjured into her own likeness. Yet is it not impossible that she may have more shapes than one? What else is all that rank of things indifferent wherein truth may be on this side or on the other without being unlike herself? What but a vain shadow else is the abolition of those ordinances, that handwriting nailed to the cross? What great purchase is this Christian liberty which Paul so often boasts of? His doctrine is that he who eats or eats not, regards a day or regards it not, may do either to the Lord. How many other things might be tolerated in peace and left to conscience had we but charity, and were it not the chief stronghold of our hypocrisy to be ever judging one another? I fear yet this iron yoke of outward conformity hath left a slavish print upon our necks, the ghost of a linen decency, yet haunts us. We stumble and are impatient at the least dividing of one visible congregation from another, though it be not in fundamentals. And through our forwardness to suppress and our backwardness to recover any enthralled piece of truth out of the gripe of custom, we care not to keep truth separated from truth, which is the fiercest rent and disunion of all we do not see that while we still affect by all means a rigid external formality, we may as soon fall again into a gross conforming stupidity, a stark and dead congealment of wood and hay and stubble, forced and frozen together, which is more to the sudden degenerating of a church than many sub-dichotomies of petty schisms. Not that I can think well of every light separation, or that all in a church is to be expected gold and silver and precious stones. It is not possible for man to sever the wheat from the tares, the good fish from the other fry. That must be the angel's ministry at the end of mortal things. Yet, if all cannot be of one mind, as who looks they should be, this, doubtless, is more wholesome, more prudent, and more Christian that many be tolerated rather than all, compelled. I mean not tolerated popery and open superstition, which, as it extirpates all religions and civil supremacies, so itself should be extirpate, provided first that all charitable and compassionate means be used to win and regain the weak and the misled, that also which is impious or evil absolutely, either against faith or manners, no law can possibly permit that intends not to unlaw itself, but those neighboring differences, or rather indifferences, of what I speak of, whether in some point of doctrine or of discipline, which, though they may be many, yet need not interrupt the unity of spirit, if we could but find among us the bond of peace. In the meanwhile, If any one would write and bring his helpful hand to the slow-moving reformation which we labor under, if truth have spoken to him before others, or but seemed at least to speak, who hath so bejesuited us that we should trouble that man with asking license to do so worthy a deed? And not consider this, that if it come to prohibiting, there is not aught more likely to be prohibited than truth itself, whose first appearance to our eyes, bleared and dimmed with prejudice and custom, is more unsightly and unplausible than many errors, even as the person is of many a great man, slight and contemptible to see to. And what do they tell us vainly of new opinions, when this very opinion of theirs, that none must be heard, but whom they like is the worst and newest opinion of all others and is the chief cause why sects and schisms do so much abound and true knowledge is kept at distance from us besides yet a greater danger which is in it for when god shakes a kingdom with strong and healthful commotions to a general reforming tis not untrue that many sectaries and false teachers are then busiest in seducing. But yet more true it is that God then raises to his own work men of rare abilities and more than common industry, not only to look back and revise what hath been taught heretofore, but to gain further and go on some new enlightened steps in the discovery of truth for such is the order of god's enlightening his church to dispense and deal out by degrees his beam so as our earthly eyes may best sustain it neither is god appointed and confined where and out of what place these his chosen shall be first heard to speak for he sees not as man sees chooses not as man chooses lest we should devote ourselves again to set places and assemblies and outward callings of men planting our faith one while in the old convocation house and another while in the chapel at westminster when all the faith and religion that shall be there canonized is not sufficient without plain convincement and the charity of patient instruction to supple the least bruise of conscience to edify the meanest Christian who desires to walk in the spirit and not in the letter of human trust, for all the number of voices that can be there made. No, though Harry the Seventh himself there, with all his liege tombs about him, should lend them voices from the dead to swell their number. And if the men be erroneous, who appear to be the leading schismatics, What withholds us but our sloth, our self-will, and distrust in the right cause, that we do not give them gentle meetings and gentle dismissions, that we debate not and examine the matter thoroughly with liberal and frequent audience, if not for their sakes, yet for our own, seeing no man who hath tasted learning but will confess the many ways of profiting by those who, not contented with stale receipts, are able to manage and set forth new positions to the world. And were they but as the dust and cinders of our feet, so long as in that notion they may yet serve to polish and brighten the armory of truth, even for that respect they were not utterly to be cast away. But if they be of those whom God hath fitted for the special use of these times with eminent and ample gifts, and those perhaps neither among the priests nor among the Pharisees. And we, in the haste of a precipitant zeal, shall make no distinction but resolve to stop their mouths, because we fear they come with new and dangerous opinions, as we commonly forejudge them, ere we understand them, no less than woe to us, while thinking thus to defend the gospel, we are found the persecutors." There have been not a few since the beginning of this Parliament, both of the Presbytery and others, who by their unlicensed books to the contempt of an imprimatur first broke that triple ice, clung about our hearts, and taught the people to see day. I hope that none of those were the persuaders to renew upon us this bondage which they themselves have wrought so much good by contemning but if neither the check that moses gave to young joshua nor the countermand which our saviour gave to young john who was so ready to prohibit those whom he thought unlicensed be not enough to admonish our elders how unacceptable to god their testy mood of prohibiting is if neither their own remembrance what evil hath abounded in the church by this let of licensing and what good they themselves have begun by transgressing it be not enough, but that they will persuade and execute the most Dominican part of the Inquisition over us, and are already with one foot in the stirrup so active at suppressing, it would be no unequal distribution in the first place to suppress the suppressors themselves, whom the change of their condition hath puffed up more than their late experience of harder times hath made wise. And as for regulating the press, let no man think to have the honor of advising ye better than yourselves have done in that order published next before this, that no book be printed unless the printer's and the author's name, or at least the printer's, be registered, Those which otherwise come forth, if they be found mischievous and libelous, the fire and the executioner will be the timeliest and the most effectual remedy that man's prevention can use. For this authentic Spanish policy of licensing books, if I have said aught, will prove the most unlicensed book itself within a short while, and was the immediate image of a star chamber decree to that purpose made in those very times when that court did the rest of those her pious works, for which she is now fallen from the stars with Lucifer. Whereby ye may guess what kind of state prudence, what love of the people, what care of religion or good manners there was at the contriving, although with singular hypocrisy it pretended to bind books to their good behavior and how it got the upper hand of your precedent order, so well constituted before, if we may believe those men whose profession gives them cause to inquire most, it may be doubted there was in it the fraud of some old patentees and monopolizers in the trade of bookselling, who, under pretense of the poor in their company not to be defrauded, and the just retaining of each man his several copy, which God forbid should be gainsaid, brought diverse glozing colors to the house which were indeed but colors and serving to no end except it be to exercise a superiority over their neighbors men who do not therefore labor in an honest profession to which learning is indebted that they should be made other men's vassals another end is thought was aimed at by some of them in procuring by petition this order that having power in their hands Malignant books might the easier escape abroad, as the event shows. But of these sophisms and elenches of merchandise I skill not. This I know, that errors, in a good government and in a bad, are equally almost incident. For what magistrate may not be misinformed, and much the sooner if liberty of printing be reduced into the power of a few? But to redress willingly and speedily what hath been erred, and in highest authority to esteem a plain advertisement more than others have done a sumptuous bribe, is a virtue, honored lords and commons, answerable to your highest actions, and whereof none can participate but greatest and wisest men. End of Part 3 End of Aria Pagetica by John Milton Recording by Thomas Copeland